Welcome to Danny's Comments, where we talk about football, faith, and life with friends. In this episode, we are talking about life in and after Bible college and what it looks like to be young in ministry. Today's special guest is none other than my friend, Sierra Ship. So sit back and enjoy. I'm so excited to have you, Sierra, on our on this podcast today. And thank you so much for saying yes. I was actually really excited to talk to you about a couple of things. But before we get into everything that we're going to talk about, which is going to be about Bible college and ministry and just life in general for you, um, tell us a little bit about yourself. You know, your name, where you're from, age, education, favorite hobbies, anything you want to say. Okay. Yeah, my name's Sierra Ship. I'm from Santa Claus, Indiana, originally. It's a super tiny town of Wait, like... pause. S- Santa Claus? Yeah. <laughs> it's a real place. That's cool. Um, a lot of people don't believe me, but um, there's like 2,500 people that live there. That's awesome. My whole family's there, and I grew up in... Um, the tiniest little um, subdivision, but it's it was really special. And awesome. um, my age, I'm 22 years old. Hobbies, um, I really have been getting into like Pilates, which has been really fun. <laughs> nice. I've always loved being active, and so in this season, it's just been fun to yeah. kind of try out. That's cool. Um, other hobbies, let's think. You you said you you're. You like to be active, so yeah. are you athletic? Yeah, in high school I played softball and I cheered during basketball season, and then nice. um, I play, did volleyball as well. That's so cool. Yeah. Favorite sport out of all of those? Definitely softball. Softball. I, yeah. You would say you're the best softball player in high school. <laughs> oh, for sure. Okay. Varsity. Yeah, I led our team to a regional win. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that counts. That goes on your trophy. You have a trophy, I'm for sure. For sure. Yeah. Medal and everything. That's yeah. awesome. Um, cool. And so, growing up, you grew up in Santa Claus. Um, <laughs> this is still funny. It's so cool. Uh, it's so unique. Um, have you always been a faith person? Have you always been Christian? Um, how did you become Christian? Yeah, so my family grew up going to the Catholic Church, and it was always just like a religious task that we would check off. Right. I would go on Wednesdays and then like Christmas and Easter. Yeah. But besides that, um, I really didn't understand it other than right. like prayers and memorizing prayers. It was really intimidating, but um, whenever we moved to Santa Claus, I grew up in an even smaller town, like the first five years of my life. We moved to Santa Claus like 10 minutes away, Okay. and there um, one weekend we were all doing travel softball, my brother and my sister and me, and our grass got out of control, <laughs> and our neighbor mowed it for us, wow. and my dad went over there um, Saturday night and was like, what can we do to right. repay you? And he was like, just come to church with us on Sunday. And so we obviously all got ready and went to the Methodist church down the road. And immediately it felt so different. And I felt this connection. Um, My family got really involved fast um, at that church. And then my parents kind of um, started drifting away a little bit. I went to um, a kid's camp my sixth grade year. And on the last night, I kind of made a decision wow. to follow Jesus. 
And after that, we really didn't go to church a whole lot. And so I didn't have like access to a Bible or um, Or just that community. Yeah, to continue to like stir that. And so I started going back to church when I got my license at 16. And I would drive myself on Wednesdays and Sundays. That's awesome. My youth pastor really just saw something in me. And yeah, I loved being at church, but I wouldn't say... um, I like grew up in it, if that right. makes sense. No, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So you you must have been like twelve or thirteen when you found that church. Yeah, um, and you started I, going to youth groups. Yeah, I I think we got invited when I was in like fifth grade, and then a year later I went to camp, and yeah. Wow, that's incredible. That's yeah. incredible. So finding Jesus still at a young age, um, what was that experience like for you? I mean, I'm sure it was difficult not having your family fully support you mm-hmm. um and you said you, men- you mentioned you had siblings yes yeah. how many siblings do you have i have four siblings so i have an older sister that would come to youth group with me sometimes um and then my so you, you were always the only one going to youth group yeah That's sometimes great. she would go um and then my aunt and her family actually started coming as well probably my junior or senior year awesome. and now her whole family saved and going to church weekly and they're very involved in church which has been really really cool that's incredible (laughs) yeah i actually got the opportunity to baptize my aunt whenever i was 18 so (laughs) it was really cool yeah oh my gosh yeah yeah that must have been really really special um you uh you started going to youth group and you were playing softball during Mm -hmm. high school you did volleyball you did cheer all those things um how how did it just click for you because I I know you personally but for anyone listening um how did it click for you to go to bible college after high school did you not have any other plans for universities uh did you have a plan but then switched uh what was that experience for you going you know into graduating high school and then life after yeah so I kind of always planned to be a nurse like my mom she's an OB nurse and I always looked up to her a lot Um, and I thought nursing would be a really cool way to help people out and just be there for them and this sounds really crazy but I wanted to be a hospice nurse because I was like that's the last opportunity to share Jesus with somebody before they're you know face 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 to face face with him and so that's what I wanted to do I job shadowed um I took anatomy in high school and um yeah I was dead set on that do you always have that passion yeah I always it just seemed like the natural thing to do because my I'd seen my mom in that field forever and I you know I just always thought that that's the next step for me um I yeah I felt passionate about it And then my senior year, we started this um, like youth service at my church and I was a part of the leadership team and that's where I got introduced to preaching. And I at first was like, absolutely not. (laughs) I was one of the worst public speakers in my graduating class. Um, And that's really funny to say now, but um, the first time I gave a sermon at this service, I had some of my classmates, they were just blown away because they were like, Sierra, you... You used to not be able to get through like a five minute um, speech in class yeah. <laughs> without like your voice shaking and stuff. And wow. so for them to see like the Lord work through me in that. You saw something in you. Yeah, it was really, really special. And I always felt like the most intimate with God when I would prepare a message and then deliver it to the congregation. So um, it's something I really enjoyed to do. 
I loved being at the church, um, helping my youth pastor and stuff. So I would say towards the end of my senior year, um, I got asked to speak at like this youth um, weekend retreat thing. And before I gave the message, this guy kind of pulled me aside and he was like, Sierra, I just feel like you're like, you don't know me at all, but I feel like you're running from the call in your life. And you know that. And I did know that, like, I knew if it was up to me, I would be in the church all the time. Right. Um, Even if it was cleaning out a closet, like, I just love to be there. You knew that deep down. No one else knew. Yeah, I never told anyone. Yeah, Yeah. never vocal about it. Yeah. And you said, you you mentioned you already had this idea that you were going to be a nurse after high school. You wanted to be like your mom, be an OB, work at a hospice. Yeah. Um, So this would have kind of shocked you in a bit oh it did right? yeah <laughs> in, in a way, and because, everyone around me yeah because yeah. you you had already had a plan in a sense mm-hmm. right of your life yeah almost which yeah. is rare for an 18 year old i guess nowadays <laughs> even for people out of high school and or out of college yeah sometimes we don't even know what what is next but you already had a plan for yourself oh i had a five-year plan and i was <laughs> like this is what we're gonna do i'm gonna live in santa claus forever yeah yeah so uh, you would say you're an organizer you like to yes. plan things out okay, ahead of time <laughs> yeah all right so then how did this change your course how did it change your plans yeah so i um got accepted into Indiana University Southeast, um, which was like an hour from home. I was going to play softball, do nursing. Like I had a rooming situation figured out. Like everything was planned out. It looked like open doors in other Yes. It looked like that's what God wanted. Yeah, I really did. Um, And then I came home from this weekend um, just with this stirring in my heart. And I knew um, that God kind of wanted me to be obedient to that. But I didn't know logistically how that would work out. Right. So I started looking into universities um, for ministry, and all these universities were outrageous. And I remember telling my mom, like, I don't want to go into nursing anymore. I I don't feel like this is what I'm supposed to do. Right. And she, like, freaked out a little bit, as any mother would. Right, yeah. And who, yeah, who wants to hear that their daughter that was planning to be a nurse like themselves would not want to be a nurse anymore right right? yeah Yeah. it it almost comes with like the idea of uh nurses have financial stability right or it's yes it's a lot of work but you would have you know you would be well off if that makes sense yeah right for sure it is a little bit scary to think i'm gonna throw that away or i'm not gonna go that route anymore so what happened next yeah so i told my parents like i feel really strongly about this And as I continued to look at universities, it wasn't making any sense. I was like, I'm going to be in so much debt and (laughs) pastors don't make like millions of dollars. So I was like, this isn't making a lot of logistical (laughs) sense. Um, But I told my youth pastor and he was like, are you sure? Like (laughs) he asked me every question. Yeah, as a normal good youth pastor. He was making sure that it was a call from God and not just a a desire that I had. And so we we talked through all those things and one night he sends me um a direct message on instagram of hillsong college and he's like they're coming to the united states and i was like i didn't even know hillsong had a college first of all <laughs> <laughs> and second um that's just crazy like right. there's no way I, my parents would be down for that yeah and so um he's like just go look at the website look at the price um you're mm. gonna be shocked And I saw how much tuition was, and I was like, this is so doable. (laughs) (laughs) Compared to other colleges. Yeah, compared to other private schools. And so 
I prayed about it and went to my mom and I was like, wow. mom, what do you think about this? And immediately I got a, I got shut down. Mm, <laughs> She's like, that's course. in Phoenix, Arizona. That's 30 hours from home. Yeah. And no one in my family leaves Indiana. Like all my mm. cousins, all my grandparents, wow. everyone is within Sounds 10 minutes familiar. away. <laughs> Sounds very familiar. Uh, actually, my wife, Becky, um, she was the same. All her brothers kind of stayed around the area, mm -hmm. maybe two, three hours away. So I could definitely relate to the sense that maybe we come from families where they, you know, you kind of just go to school work and stay close yeah right and you just have your career and you live close to family i mean you're a big family person yeah, too absolutely you have four other siblings you're one yeah. of five and you know being the second oldest i'm sure you have this sense of responsibility to care for the rest yeah, of your family and absolutely so that that must have been hard for for your family it was too. definitely hard yeah. at first yeah yeah so you decided to go to college mm -hmm. it wasn't the easiest decision your family wasn't all supportive right away yeah. How did they become supported or were they supportive at all once you did move to Phoenix? Yeah. So um, I had my youth pastor over for dinner to kind of convince my parents nice. to let me go. Good move. <laughs> and by the end of the conversation, we were booking flights um, <laughs> for a, like to preview and look he at the campus. He worked fast. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, again, they weren't super they didn't think I would follow through with it because mm. it was such a big move and I was such a homebody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so we, this was in March and I took the visit in July yeah. when my parents could get off work. And by that point I was having so many doubts. I was like, I don't know if I can do this. <laughs> um, and we took a, a campus tour and by the end of it, my dad was like, yep, you're going here. Like he wow. knew. Um, he's like, I wish I could have done something like this out of call or out of high school. Wow. He's like the leadership, just learning so many life skills, like it's going to set you up. And, um, there were so many other little factors that yeah. got me there. Like I applied for some local scholarships right? and it was the exact amount I needed for the first semester of college. Wow. Um, my one cousin that has moved out of the state, she lived in Mesa, Arizona, like 10 oh, minutes wow. from the campus. So wow, all I these little that. details yeah. were just like confirmation to me and my parents right, right. Um, that it was going to be doable yeah. for me. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it took a huge step of faith yeah. for you, for your family. Um, and in a way, it, what looked like closed doors compared to the other plan, your five-year plan that yeah. you had, <laughs> actually became the one for you. Um, mm. and, and that's that's inspiring because not everyone would throw away or what would seem like throwing away an opportunity like to be a nurse mm -hmm. with a scholarship, going to play softball. That just sounds like the dream for any student, right? Right. Um, so why Bible college then? Why would you want to do something like this knowing you had something else lined up? Mm -hmm. So like I said, that guy kind of confirmed in me that I was running from the call. Right. But again, I never really thought that women could be like in leadership. It was never shown to me growing wow. up. Um, it was a lot of men leaders. And I um, I mostly went to Bible college. It's going to sound silly, but to be able to explain my faith because mm. I didn't know a lot about the Bible. Um, right. I knew I loved Jesus and I knew I wanted to live for him, but to be able to explain it was very hard for me. Wow. Um, people in high school would call me like within my family sometimes, or even like family friends or high school friends would call me like hypocritical if I would make like tiny mistakes or, yeah. Yeah. um, just the church girl or yeah. I don't know. 
And oh. so I just wanted to be able to defend my faith, sure. explain it, know the For Bible sure. better. Um, and I Jeez. really didn't think I would make it past six months at Hillsong because really? <laughs> I was so homesick. Yeah. Um, but then COVID happened and I <laughs> went home. COVID, yeah. I went home for like seven or eight months. And then when I came back to Phoenix, I I knew that I was meant to be there and do right. the three-year journey. And wow. um, I started like really believing in myself along with other people. Wow, that's and incredible. So, yeah, then a dream started forming into me um, to be a vocational pastor wow. and to write and do all these other cool things. Right, but right. it really sparked um, because I didn't quit within yeah. my first semester. Right. So. You were part of the COVID season. Um, you know, obviously we all were. But in, in that that launch or what seemed to be new school for everyone and then COVID hitting, it just made us feel like we were almost taking steps back. Right. Um, so you were kind of like that, you know, the group that really persevered, really persevered through it all. Yeah. Um, and we'll talk a little bit about more um, about that later. But uh, I'm glad that you mentioned that the first, maybe the first uh, motive or purpose for you to go to college was just to be able to defend your faith. Yeah. And, and really, that's another conversation for another time. But I can relate to that because in high school, even even growing up in church, you don't really have your own faith, mm-hmm. if that makes sense, because yeah. you, you go to church because of your parents or you serve because everyone else does. And you're almost in a safe bubble. So you don't really get to experience Jesus for yourself unless yeah. you really go out of your way to do that or to make the decision yourself. Yeah. So I can totally relate to that because you almost have this bigger sense of responsibility on you that you don't know you have in high school because not everyone else goes to church and not mm-hmm. everyone else knows what you know. Yeah. Um, and you one little mistake and you're on the radar, you know, yeah. you're on the hot seat. So a hundred percent that's, that's difficult, especially not having leaders around you or examples mm-hmm. of women in ministry or Christian leaders that can just withstand some of that. Would you say then we'll get into the, your experience at Bible college here in mm-hmm. a bit, but would you say that you were able to have stronger convictions while being at Bible college or how did, how did that go about for you to be able to defend your faith? Were yeah. you able to do that during now during uh, college? Yeah, I, I honestly had a lot of strong convictions through middle school and high school. And I know it's by the grace of God because I didn't have a physical Bible at that age. Um, I didn't really get one until I was in high school. Gotcha. Um, but I very much like tried my best and I know that it was because of like guidance from the Lord and my parents raised me super well. Um, but I didn't want to get into the partying. I didn't like people knew that about me. They wouldn't invite me to stuff a lot of the times. (laughs) Um, and my circle was small because, um, I Mm. just desperately like wanted them to understand my faith and yeah. why the decisions I was making and stuff. And wow. Good even, for you. even my family, like yeah. I come from an area where there's a lot of drinkers mm. and it was just something I never really wanted to be a part right, of. Right. And I think it's because I saw the effects it would have yeah. on relationships and the decisions people would make. And so I wow. had strong convictions from a young age, um, of course, slipped up in different ways, but right. I think those did grow in college um, wow. because I was surrounded by people that were sharpening me. Yeah. And 
um, I remember praying for friends specifically all through high school and like would often cry about it because I just like wanted to be able to turn worship music on in the car or have somebody like care enough to pray about a situation. And when I came to college, immediately I had three roommates that fulfilled all those desires. And I think that um, in such a pivotal age and time period of my life, being in my late teens, early 20s, um, being surrounded by such incredible faith-filled people has really put a foundation for my life. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's incredible. I mean, it is, like you said, it is a huge pivotal stage of your life. Because not only are you out of high school, you're independent now, you're living on your own, there's no more mom or dad to be able to run to uh, for their safety, um, at least from a physical distance, right? Uh, And that's, it's huge because nowadays, I mean, I think uh, people just go to universities without foundations, without convictions. And then that's why we hear of people leaving the faith in universities. We hear of people not persevering. Uh, or, you know, being led astray because they weren't able to set strong foundations. Now, I'm not saying one college only can do that, but just even going out of your way to answer the call in your life Mm -hmm. and going where he wants you to go, that alone is already setting you up for strong ministry, strong convictions, strong foundations. Um, So good on you. I mean, I'm sure it was hard during high school. Um, but you, you, uh, picked up the harvest in college and (laughs) you saw your friends Oh, for sure. and I'm sure they're now still friends to you. Yeah, absolutely. Forever. (laughs) That's awesome. Uh, do you want to give them a shout out? Oh yeah. (laughs) Peyton and Jolie were, and Sarah were my first roommates. And then, um, I was blessed with Brooklyn and Caden and Jillian and Josh and just a ton of awesome people. Yeah. Yeah, I'm so thankful. Yeah, no, they're incredible. They're incredible. (laughs) Um, so what was your experience like at Bible college? Um, not just, you know, the friends thing, which mm-hmm. is beautiful, um, but what about it, you know, was it good? Was it bad? Did you have any challenges, any lessons that you learned? You oh, my gosh, so many lessons. Yeah. Um, it was the best decision that I've made for myself, not only if I, not because I wanted to go into vocational ministry, but I think anyone that, wants to just have a solid foundation for their life, it's a good decision for them as well. Um, I learned a lot of lessons. Um, If you would have met me day one, I was super shy, super (laughs) reserved. (laughs) Um, And I think it was just getting comfortable there because it was a little bit of a culture shock. Like I grew up in a town where I knew everybody from kindergarten till the day we graduated. And so um, making friends wasn't super hard but I think just like different types of people and different cultures and different church backgrounds it was from all over the nation yeah yeah, it was a very eye-opening experience for me and at first um there was just a lot of things that I didn't grow up having like my church didn't really teach us about the gifts of the spirit or um just a lot of those different things and so that was the biggest shock at first, I think, for me. <laughs> yeah. um, you started seeing people speaking in tongues <laughs> yeah. and just kind of yeah, yeah. Just going for it. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, throughout college, I just learned a lot about myself and my leadership skills. And it was just, yeah, an incredible experience overall. That's awesome. Yeah. So you said you might have been shy at first. Yeah. And 
you are not shy anymore <laughs> after college. So no. if you're listening and you feel like you're shy, <laughs> just go to Bible college. For sure. Um, great. So if you could go back then um, to the beginning of your college career, what would you change or what would you keep the same? Because I'm sure, you know, at the beginning, you might you weren't thinking about this. Time flew by so quickly. Right. You made all your friends and it was awesome. But if you could change anything, going back to your Bible college experience of three years, what would you change? Yeah, I think the main thing I would change is um, just getting out of my own way. I think I limited myself a lot and... I often like didn't find certain leaders very approachable because I thought like they had their whole life together and <laughs> I was just a first year student. But if right. I would go back, I would have definitely capitalized on that and just had some of those conversations with leaders because now on hindsight, I know that they cared a lot about me yeah. and, and, and wanted to invest into me, but right. I kind of just shut that off a little bit. Right. So if I was going back into my first semester, first year, I would have had more conversations. Um, I would have really leaned into the third years that were there, mm. like Jordan Brown and your class. I mean, I you guys there. were there. Yeah, yeah I was um, there. <laughs> you guys were incredible and paved a way for us. Vic and Jacoby, ah, there's so many, but I just people. wish that I would have um, just, yeah, pressed into that more and um, yeah. made the most of the season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I love that because it almost, um, it reminds me of what I would have loved to do more while I was in college as well. Um, you know, as you may know, I did my first two years in Sydney, and I feel like because it was such a big school at the time there, um, you know, compared to Phoenix where we started with 100, right. um, you know, my experience in Sydney was almost like that, where I felt the most shy. I felt like mm -hmm. everyone else had it together. You know, I obviously <laughs> had my own challenges, but... I wish I could have pressed in more to the people around me, yeah. glean from them, ask all the questions, right. write things down, and which I did to some extent from afar. But mm -hmm. I wish I would have gotten closer to some of these people, which in my third year now in Phoenix, uh, I was able to do that a little bit more with some of the leaders. But yeah, I, I, I can totally relate to that. Um, what Then for, for you specifically, um, going through that first year and you know second year and just going through transitions and seasons in, in life, um, what would you say was your biggest highlight or your biggest lesson from Bible college? Yeah. Um, one piece of advice I got before I came into college was always, if you're given a choice, like make the choice that's the most uncomfortable because you're going to grow the most. Mm. And so I felt like there was two choices in college that I got to make. One was like what specific pathway our first semester as pastorals would be. Um, and young adults, honestly, was the most terrifying to me, yeah. I think, because it the concept of leading people my own age or pastoring them just didn't feel right. Yeah, <laughs> so sure. um, I chose that. And then towards my third year, the second big decision was who I would do my internship with. And at the time, um, I respected, feared, and looked up to most Blake. And um, I, again, never thought he would want to choose me as his third year. <laughs> but then when I just went out and asked him, yeah. um, it ended up being one of the biggest blessings that I learned the most awesome. from my third year. Yeah. And so I think... You feel like you were challenged? Yeah, I was definitely yeah. challenged, stretched, <laughs> Um, pushed out of my comfort zone. So I think um, those were two of the big 
highlights of just knowing that I pushed myself. And now three years later, it's not a coincidence, but um, I'm helping lead young adults for Orange County. That's incredible. Hillsong. And so I know that it all came full circle. That is incredible. Yeah. Yeah. It was all, you know, you were learning for the future. You were always getting prepared for the future. Um, One of the things I I try to tell uh, students is you don't come to college to have it all figured out or to start your ministry here, right. but to prepare for the future. Yeah. Um, to have, you know, set foundations now for the future, for the rest of your life, um, because that's what ministry is all about. You know, you, you ministry isn't a, a sprint. You know, it's a marathon. You keep running. You keep running after Jesus yeah. uh, for the rest of your life, right? So um, I think, yeah, I, I love hearing that. I love that you were learning things throughout the way, and you kind of, you know, maybe you might have not known why at the beginning, but you full circle, like you said, <laughs> now you're serving in young adults, which is incredible. Yeah. Um, this might be, a, you know, a little bit uncomfortable question, but were there any topics at all throughout your college experience in classes or in conversations that you maybe didn't agree with or maybe didn't mm-hmm. agree on? Um, were there any and how did you process those? Yeah, I think in college, the trainers and you guys on staff do such an incredible job of presenting all the information possible, like all the different beliefs or ways you can interpret scripture um, and allow us kind of to make a decision based on that and based on our own research and stuff. I think the class that I had the hardest time with, though, was apologetics. Mm. um, One of my favorites. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's because I went into that class thinking that, oh, I'm finally going to get like a cookie cutter way to explain (laughs) a lot of different topics. Right. And I left that class with a million more questions (laughs) than I went in with, which I guess is good. Typical answer. Yes. Typical answer from that. (laughs) Yeah. Um, if I, yeah, I'm trying to think. Apologetics is definitely a hard class. It was um, very hard for yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> because I feel like the people go into that class with preconceived notions. Yeah. And you have to be willing to kind of let those guards down, which mm-hmm. sounds scary because it's all, it almost sounds like you have to unlearn things. Yes. And which is not what we're trying to do. It's just to solidify things in your faith. Right. Yeah. But it's hard because for me, for example, growing up, I always heard about heaven or hell. And you go to one or the other. Yeah. And I mean, it's a huge topic. I chose probably the, the hardest <laughs> topic. But I feel like when I went walked into that class, I had to almost let go of what I had learned. Yeah. And be willing to learn a different way of thinking. Yeah. And a different way of defending the faith. And I wasn't ready for that. You know, I, I feel like the first two, three, maybe four weeks, I was almost thinking that oh i'm gonna let my parents down because this is what they've taught me before yeah i don't know did it maybe feel like that for yeah you, i think the same thing uh, there was another class world perspectives kind of similar where we would debate a lot or bring up big topics and people had debate. very different <laughs> perspectives right. which is really cool because i think in the church i grew up in um in high school at least we were kind of taught like one way to think. And so now to hear people challenge that and um, bring very strong points, I was like, oh my gosh, what do I actually believe? Not everyone thinks like me. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So it was was a great, great learning experience. But I think those two classes were the hardest for me. Yeah. Yeah. How did you process some of those hard, challenging thoughts and perspectives? 
Yeah. Personally. Um, sometimes not in the best way. <laughs> um, I've always been a girl that has a million questions and that's how I learn. That's right. how I've, I would always like text my youth pastor or his wife and <laughs> with all these questions and they would love it. But, um, I think when it came to these classes, I would try to get like answers from the trainers and they wouldn't always have them or they yeah. wanted me to conclude it for myself. <laughs> and so I would go home and just like rip through scripture and, and look through all these commentaries. Do your and, research. Yeah. And just yeah. trying to figure hmm. it out. But Adam Sperling told me like some of the best advice in college. And Shout he, out to Adam. <laughs> yeah, love it. He, um, he kind of said like, our doctrine is the most important. So like we have to have a concrete doctrine, like Jesus died for us. He, all these events happened, no right. questions about it. Right. But there's so many aspects to our faith and that we're just going to be scribbling with for the rest of our lives yeah. because there's Gosh. no concrete answer. That's such a hard concept. It's to so hard because I just want to know. <laughs> um, <laughs> I know, right? Like, but I, yeah, I I'm like, I have everything. a sheet of questions for Jesus when I meet him one day. <laughs> Especially as a planner, as an organizer, <laughs> yeah. you just want to make sure everything's, you know, everything's for a purpose, right? Everything right. has its place. Yeah. Gosh, that's really hard. Just recently, we I was having a conversation with someone about do dogs go to heaven? <laughs> and not only that, but does your pet recognize you in heaven you know and so it, maybe it doesn't matter <laughs> you know it's not gonna make me not believe obviously right. but it's stuff like that you know obviously more serious things that can get sometimes in our head and be like ah, oh, i really want to know i have yeah. to have the answer which to which we can say well, there's no answer you there's know just no, no one yeah. <laughs> oh man okay well that's that's awesome i'm glad that you had the you know the perspective of wanting to learn wanting to ask questions and um it is really challenging for me because you know like you i want to have all the answers but unfortunately we can't um, i think too like surrounding yourself with great community like even yeah. though i'm out of college now i still am able to bring some of these big questions or big right. topics to my my friends and we can chat through them and yeah. um not all agree at the end of the day but at least I have a more well-rounded perspective on it. And yeah. I think that's the most beautiful thing about having like, like the type of community that sharpens you yeah. um, just to be able to have a wider perspective of that's different topics. A good community. Yeah. I love that. And even after college, you mentioned, um, so what does that look like for you now? What does life after college look like? Yeah, it's been, it's been challenging, especially the, the first month or two out of college. Um, cause like I, you know, I'm a planner. I, my mom also is, and I think that's where I get it from, <laughs> but she's, she's like, so what's next? Where are you going to work? Like right. most people straight out of college, if you're an accountant, you're going to find an accounting degree. Right. Or if you're a teacher, you're going to apply at schools. But for me in ministry, it, it looks a lot different than a normal degree. And, um, yeah. So I, want to make sure that the church I'm a part of, I'm aligned with. Right. And um, I don't want to just hop into any ministry job because I, I could find one if I really wanted to. Mm. But I want to make sure the timing's right, the location's right, um, and that that's where I want to plant long term. And so I think like af life after college, I expected to just 
have this job, expected to know all the answers, and that's not what this season looks like at all. (laughs) Um, I'm still working at my serving job, um, but again, it's not what I thought it would look like at all. Um, I expected to have the people that I started college with finishing it with me, and that also didn't really happen. So there's only a few of us alumni still out here in Orange County, and so I've really had to fight for that community while a lot of my friends are still in school or I've had to like branch out and um, meet local um, girls as friends and and work and so it's looked different than I thought yeah does it feel like yeah I'm sure it has been uh, rewarding in some extent because you can speak into different areas of your friends now that are still might still be in college as well and um, in a way kind of in hindsight be able to help them in that sense yeah but what does um, what does ministry look like for you now then? Because um, I know you had you mentioned you had an idea, yeah, you had an idea of what that looked like. Maybe talk a little bit about that first. Mm-hmm. What was your idea like, um, and what does it look like now for you? Yeah, it's really funny because everybody asked me like, well, what is your dream job? Like, what would you want to be doing if you were given it? And at first, for a while, I really didn't have an answer. I was like, I just want to work for the church. Like that was my answer. Um, and now as I've been out of college, I've really just had time to think more about like what age group am I passionate about? What specific, um, path in ministry do I feel called into? And I don't necessarily feel called into anything like so specific. Um, but I do, I've found that I do love, um, young adults and I love sisterhood and building the girl community. Um, and so I'm just, I ask myself a lot, like what's in my hands? Like Mm -hmm. I ask myself that maybe once a week, Sierra, what's (laughs) in your hands? Um, and right now what's in my hands is my young adult connect group and um sisterhood for college and so with both of those things i'm just trying to strengthen them as much as i can and be intentional um making calls texting throughout the week just doing what i can with what i have um and there's this passage of scripture in timothy um that talks about like what a leader or like a deacon what they're responsible for what they're supposed to have and it talks about, I found this this week, but it talks about how like they're put through a test to make sure that they're ready for the job that's ahead of them. And I wow. feel like in this season, God's a little bit testing me um, as well as preparing me in little ways for what he has for me. Wow. Um, but again, I'm not really sure what that is. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to stay put for now until yeah. he leads me somewhere else. That goes a long way for people like yourself that maybe are just you know about to graduate college and they feel like they have to have it all figured out right um or that they have to have a five-year plan <laughs> right like no yourself more five-year plan <laughs> <No more, laughs> listen i had a five-year plan along with my, my wife and um it was about having kids after five years and we had them after <laughs> a year of marriage so <laughs> so definitely can relate to that but i i love your perspective on it because you're willing to go through that test willing to go through what is it that is in my hands now how can i use this to prepare for what's ahead it reminds me of the story of david right where he you know he was anointed when he was a young boy but wasn't actually a king until way later down the road right yet he still prepared through that whole time i just i was reminded of that story when you mentioned that because i think 
you know, maybe a lot of us want to have that job right away. And it's not wrong. Don't get me wrong. I, I don't think jumping right into a ministry job right after college or right after, you know, whatever season of preparing you had, going into ministry, it it does take a lot more than what we think. Right. More than what we just learned. It's, you know, you won't know until you experience it, you know. And so what you're doing now is incredible. You're learning perseverance. You're learning how to serve in a different way that is only making you stronger. Right. And, and I commend you for that because I think not everyone, you know, likes that, you know, thinking of that right. ministry <laughs> that way. They want the, they want the glamour. They want the, the fame or the big job title. That's not realistic. You know, right. I, I don't think it should be our, what we strive for right away. Yeah. Though there are some exceptions. Like I said, nothing wrong with that. But I think the more we prepare our hearts and what's in our hands now, the better off we'll be in the future. You know, again, this isn't a sprint. This is a marathon. You right. know, we're we're not competing with anybody else. <laughs> we're just here to serve. Yeah. Um, and I love that you have that perspective as well. Um, you not only are you helping with young adults and you know college girls, but you're working a normal job. Yeah. <laughs> um, you're working as a, as a server, correct? Yes. Um, you know, you have so much perspective from different worlds now. You know, outside of college and normal kind of job that's huge yeah i'm sure it's served you to some extent to you know to help you serve and and to help speak into those areas of life too um but what has been i guess the biggest lesson for you now after college being in real life ministry real life work where you know you don't have that bubble of encouragement all the time or that community that you thought you would have um maybe you do to, to some extent um, but what does that look like for you now? And what's the biggest lesson in this season for you right now? Yeah, I think the biggest lesson and something I remind myself of a lot is it's up to me it, how much I want to be involved, how much I want to serve. It's no longer a requirement and it's fully in my hands. Wow. Um, and something that was one of my biggest fears after graduation was being one of those alumni that kind of just like slipped away and gave up on her dreams and just never stepped into the call. And so I think I've had to fight for that more than wow. ever by putting in more disciplines because I'm not in a classroom four yeah. days a week. Right. So I have to continue learning. There's so much to learn. Um, I have to continue with disciplines now more than ever. And um, I'm really thankful for my job because like you said, it's it's kind of a gap between the church world and the secular world. And um, just being a light and being a like different has yeah. been has been cool not only to my coworkers but to tables that I serve um yeah. there's just been really cool connections and I've served since I was in high school at different places but yeah I I genuinely love it the it's hard the restaurant industry is very hard for sure. but I for do sure. I'm thankful for it I'm <laughs> making um a way to live out here yeah. and um, I'm able to do ministry at the capacity that I can in this season awesome. and just waiting for, you know, that, that next step. But, yeah. but for now I'm really enjoying it and, so cool. and able to do what, what I want to do. So yeah. I think the biggest lesson in this season is like, I just have to decide. So I just wow. continue to show up for myself and not allow like the enemy or even people around me who think I should be doing something different, discourage me and, Wow. Just letting God's voice be the loudest. Wow, that's yeah. beautiful. That's so encouraging. Um, 
Well, my next question was going to be, what is the next step? But it seems like you already know <laughs> that maybe you might not know the next step, but yeah. you know exactly what you're meant to be doing in the now. Yeah. Um, do you have an idea of what God's placed for you or in your heart for the next step? Or you're just kind of just waiting for it? Yeah. Um, I actually have been wrestling with this for like a month now. Of <laughs> Do I stay here? Do I go somewhere else? Do I apply at churches? Um, and I have always wanted to get my bachelor's degree. That's always been the game plan. Um, so I told my mom last semester that I was just going to take this semester to work and save and just get some stability yeah. in this new state that I'm living in. Yeah. Um, and then I'm going to start um, school again this fall that's awesome. while working and doing young adults for church. That's but incredible. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at right now. It is online, so I could have gone back home or stayed here or done that really anywhere, but I felt like there's the most stability here and community is really yeah. important. So Absolutely. yeah, I just kind of decided, am I going to restart somewhere else again and try to build community and church in another state or am I wanting to stay here and I asked God but I think he really just wanted me to decide in this season so that's awesome yeah. and you're such a blessing to our community not just to our college but to our church and to our friends and to your friends around and I'm sure that they would uh, love to keep you around for a long time <laughs> I'm sure um man it, it's so cool to hear you um just speak from a perspective of you know this is how I was before and this is what I'm doing now and it, it's so encouraging to just hear you speak on that. Um, and not a lot of people, like you said, finished the same at the same time that you did. Um, you know, others had to go for other reasons. Right. Um, but it's so encouraging to see someone like you, uh, you know, remain the path, stay faithful to your calling, to what God has called you for. Um, do you have any, uh, you know, maybe advice uh, on anything really that you would share with current students? Uh, in regards to being in Bible college and uh, or, you know, what would you say to a student right now that is probably going through all the same things that you were going through, you know, trying to find community, trying to find out what God has for them, um, you know, trying to figure out what Bible college is really all about. Or maybe they're trying to figure out convictions and trying to defend their faith like you are yeah. um, or like you were. What is one advice or some advice that you would give them? I think that God's voice has to be the loudest in your life. Um, you're going to get your parents or friends or pa even pastors trying to tell you what to do, where you should go. Um, wow. And I think at the end of the day, you have to listen to God's voice because yeah. he is writing your story and he's guiding your steps and being obedient to him is going to be the biggest reward. And so I had times in like I said, high school or throughout college where people were telling me which way to go, what to do, even when it was the decision of to finish out my third year in Orange County. Right. I had so many people's opinions because it didn't logically make a lot of sense yeah. for me to make the move out here. <laughs> financially, um, everything, right? right? But mainly financially. Yes. Um, and so I, I knew that God had called me to three years. Right. And so I had to stick to that. And yeah, I think that'd be my biggest advice is let God's voice be the loudest whenever you're trying to make decisions. And if you feel like he's silent when you're asking him to help you out, um, maybe he wants you to stay put because wow. if he's not opening doors somewhere else, don't try to shove open a door that yeah. he's not wanting to open. 
That's incredible. I love that. I love that. We need to hear that, I think, a lot sooner sometimes um, than trying to figure it out on our own uh, or trying to listen to all those voices and, and try to make up our own version of what God is trying to say. So that's very, very encouraging. Um, you also mentioned you like to write. Yeah. Um, and I've actually have experienced some of your writing. I've read through uh, a couple of your blogs. You have a blog. Yeah. Um, how did that start? When did you start the this blog, or how did this dream or this beautiful thing come about? Yeah, um, it's really funny because when I was a young girl, I actually was really behind in school. And my second in second grade, they told my mom that they wanted to hold me back because they didn't think that. I was ready to move on to third grade. Wow. And it was really devastating, not only for me, but for my mom. And I had a teacher that, um, the teacher at the time told, that told my mom, she told us that there wasn't going to be a summer program where I could do that and then get caught up. So she actually came to my house like a couple times a week that summer and got me ahead to be wow. able to continue on to third grade. Um, and she really believed in me and after that that summer my mom really took our academic seriously and so me and my older sister like throughout the summers would have to write or read a book or do math problems just to stay like yeah. caught up throughout the summer and I hated it <laughs> at the time <laughs> I really hated writing especially um, and then I think once I got into like middle school and high school I started getting better at it and anytime we were allowed to do like a creative writing piece I would just get like super excited um awesome. I never thought it would really become anything until I started writing sermons for um just for fun my senior year and um it was a way for me to get closer to God wow. and learn more about him yeah. but also like be able to speak into big topics that we were facing right. as teenagers right um, wow. And then I came into college and I knew I had a love for writing, but I didn't, I didn't really do anything with those writings. I would yeah. just keep them in a folder. And I remember telling my friend Faith that about these writings and she, she read a couple of them and she was like, Sierra, you have to do something with these. And I never, I was like, no, there's no way. <laughs> and then um she really encouraged me to start a blog and share some of those. And my heart for the blog has always been to reach one person. Like, that's mm. always been it. Um, I don't need a ton of views. I don't need, you know, any of that. But I've just have seen almost every blog post at least one girl wow. from back home or even in college or something just be impacted by it. And um, I wasn't super consistent while I was in college, but... This past December, I just made a decision, like, um, I'm going to keep writing, even though the enemy was really trying to discourage me mm. from that. And, yeah, so I just kept kept writing them. And then it was really cool because this past blog post that I wrote, um, I had some girls from my youth group back home, like, get a hold of it. Wow. And um, it was the exact topic they were talking about at youth that week. And one of the girls was like, have you guys read Sierra's blog from yesterday? And they were like, no. So they, the whole youth group was like, sh like reading it. And it was just really inspiring to <laughs> oh, see like the Lord work in that incredible. way. Yes. And so it's just something I do for fun. It's not, um, 
anything crazy, but I've just really enjoyed like sharing my thoughts and um, pastoring people in that way yeah, from afar. So, yeah. yeah. That's incredible. Uh, I don't know if this is the last one you were talking about or the last uh, post that they were talking about, but I found this here, uh, something that I uh, actually I screenshot and I wanted to share it with you. I love this. I love what you said because it, you're talking about worry and concern. One of the lines that you wrote on here, it really stuck with me. It says, what you worry about the most reveals what you trust God in the least. Yeah. That's powerful. It really changed my perspective because I feel like sometimes I'm, I'm the type of person that wants to figure it out on his own. And I don't notice that I'm trying to do it on my own. Right. Um, you know, being married and having a family, I almost feel like I have to be the one to have all the answers or to be the strongest or to have the, you know, the plan for my family. Right. Um, and I've always been like that, I guess, because not only I'm, I'm, a, I'm a guy, but I, I was the oldest in my family. So I was always taking care of my little brothers. We're so far apart in age that I basically just babysat them for yeah. free for all the time. <laughs> um, but it, it really challenged me because I don't depend on myself. And if I don't trust God in some of these things now or even later, you know, I think it made me realize that I was trying to do something on my own that I never could anyways. Right. And I love this because I find myself worrying sometimes more than just concern, you know, for, th for things. And I, I think stuff like this you know you you read it and and you're like oh my gosh that is so good and it's it's almost a reminder a slap in the face <laughs> gently um to to continue to put your eyes back on jesus right to trust that he's got everything figured out for you and you just need to just come to him yeah and it is one of the most simple truths but it's such a good reminder for anybody anywhere and I just wanted to encourage you because I read this, I found this on your Instagram, and, you know, it's so true. You need to keep writing. You need to continue to, to do this for people close, for afar. You never know where this is going to end up and bless that person right. and just completely change the perspective or at least put their perspective back on Jesus. And it just, it can change people's lives just like that. Yeah. So I just wanted to share that with you because it blessed me. I recently used this one-liner in the preaching, and <laughs> I just, yeah, it, it was truly a blessing. I hope you know that. Thank you. Yeah. It means a lot. Absolutely. So I'm sure you're going to keep writing, and I can't wait yeah. for the next blog. <laughs> and I can't wait to hear other sermons that you uh, have written. Maybe we'll share at some point. Um, but I don't know. That that was awesome. Thank I just you. loved hearing that. Yeah. Um, you're a blessing, Sarah. I'm so glad to have met you during college. I'm so glad to have had you as a student and, and now as a friend. And I think um, you are, you're an incredible communicator. Um, you're an incredible writer, Thank clearly. <laughs> and, uh, and you're an incredible faithful person, uh, not just to people and to friends and community, which you are, um, but to the calling of God on your life. And it's really, really encouraging. And mainly this is why I wanted to have you on this podcast because I know it's, it's a blessing uh, for students. It's a blessing for young people. Um, but it's also a personal blessing for me. I've, I've seen you just grow and, and, and be so encouraging to people that it encouraged me. So that's all I wanted to say.
Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. This was so fun. <laughs> yeah, I hope it's not the last. I, you know, I definitely have learned a lot from you. So, um, come back anytime. Sounds good. Yeah, <laughs> awesome. Hey, thanks for listening to Danny's comments. I hope you enjoyed our conversation on life in and after Bible college and what it looks like to be young in ministry. If you'd like to help support the podcast, share this with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To catch more of Sierra and her writing content, you can check out her blog, Have a Seat, at sierraship.wixsite.com. Or you can follow her on Instagram at sjship. And if you want to catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram at Danny's underscore comments or at Danny A. Najera. Hey, thanks again. I hope to see you next time. Thank you.